another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest Amazon and e-commerce experts, ranging from any topic from Amazon uh, Amazon listings to logistics to marketing and advertising and beyond. We're going to cover that in this space of what I like to call a podcast. But if you're watching us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter, thank you for tuning in today live. Uh, feel free to ask your questions in the comments section below. If you have anything uh, for myself or for our guests or about the topic we're covering, or if you're listening to us in the future, thank you for tuning in in your favorite podcast listening destination. Just give us a thumbs up, a rating, whatever they are prompting you to do for the episode or the podcast. Always appreciate a, a validation, if you will. Some of us just like that arbitrary five stars, four stars, just like on Amazon. We need that to be successful so that we can get the word out to people. But that being said, uh, just before we get into the the meat of the, the episode, if you will, just want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong Payments, you might have heard of it before. If you haven't, and this is your first time, I'm glad you asked. What is Ping Pong Payments? Well, they are a we are a service provider that helps people save time, money, and effort. All great things you want to do when it comes to doing business. How do you do that? Well, if you sign up for free today, you can actually sign up for a Ping Pong account when you make payments to international entities. So that means paying your suppliers or manufacturers, paying your VAs, play, paying out your uh, services that you might have if you're in a different country for your subscriptions, all can be done through ping pong payments. And if you're selling in multiple different marketplaces, you need somewhere to keep that money all in one spot, safely, securely, and trustworthy. All things that you get with ping pong payments. So you can do that today by for free by going to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash just looks like this if you're looking at the camera. What's the forward slash? It's the forward slash for the people out there. Forward slash podcast. That's what I had to even look at my uh, my own uh, landing page, but it's forward slash podcast, if you will. Um, that's where you get all of our past episodes, all 192, leading up to episode 193. Speaking of 193, uh, we're talking about, again, we're getting closer to 200 and that magical number. I just shared up our schedule, so we're going to hit there next Thursday. So if you're listening to this or watching us live, next Thursday is going to be our magical 200 episode. We're going to have lots of past guests talking about what we learned from 2021 going into 2022 and what that looks like um, moving forward. So stay tuned for surprise guests, what we might be teasing uh, for that. So be, be making sure that you, you keep an eye out for that. But that being said, we're focused on episode 193, baby steps to get there, right? Um, but speaking of baby steps... You, lots of brands are not taking those kinds of steps today when it comes to Q4. There's no uh, there's no uh, guardrails. This is the time to shine. This is when you put all your eggs in your basket to really stand out and build and grow your businesses. That being said, how do you use this kind of time of year, this past three months, to launch yourself into the following year, again, into Q1, Q2, making sure that you're going to continue to grow that business? Or you might want to expand if it's a different marketplace. How do you take the learnings from this year and apply it to next year? So on and so forth. So with that being said, we wanted to call our episode Learnings from Q4 and obviously growing into twenty the next year by those uh, by elevating and launching those kinds of solutions. So I feel like I always bring her on in this time of year. This, last year we talked about Q4, um, but I brought back friend of the show, Jenna Lieber of turnkey product management and we're going to be talking about how to use the learnings from this year compared to last year and obviously launching brands into 2022 is what we're really talking about so that being said I want to welcome onto the podcast 
Jenna Lieber, back to the podcast. Jenna Lieber of Turkey Product Management. Jenna, thanks for coming back today. Uh, we were talking pre-show. This is the first podcast you've done guest-wise in six months. That's crazy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a really busy time for sure. So, you know, haven't been on a podcast. So, you know, everyone be nice. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> glad, to, glad to be back and, you know, talking, you know, kind of as we wrap up quarter four and talk about 2022. God. Yeah, last time we had you on, we were talking about what to expect uh, from 2020 going into 2021. I feel like I should have rewatched that episode or listened to it again and just like thought about what we said before and see if that applied to today. But uh, say la vie, if you will. But uh, what, what's been new since we last talked in the past year? You said not for lack of that you haven't wanted to be on the podcast, which I'm honored that you just said yes to me. Uh, but why uh uh why haven't you been on it? I'm I'm assuming it's just because you're you guys are just so busy uh as an agency. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's definitely a really busy time. Um it was it was definitely probably one of the most interesting quarter fours I've been a part of over at Turnkey. Uh what I think made it different is there were a lot of different marketing opportunities that our brands were able to be a part of, something that in the years prior wasn't really an option. Um, and I want to say we probably started prepping for quarter four, maybe in July or August. So it's just been a hectic time, you know, kind of getting those things in place. Um, you know, I, I want to say lightning deals had to be submitted by August or something to be eligible for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So, uh, you know, it's been a crazy time. Um, and we've kind of been thinking quarter four, probably since the start of quarter three. So uh, we're finally kind of wrapping it up here. Um, but definitely an interesting quarter four, to say the least. Absolutely. Well, you you said like the team's growing. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different happenings with you guys trying to figure out what where Amazon is and how to get your clients to meet them where Amazon wants to go. Obviously, I know pre show you talked about this. As I see a bunch of Amazon trucks rolling by my house window, it's almost like it's on on instant. It always happens without question. So that being said, what, what's been the major growth factor for you guys as a team, and and how are you educating people of Hey, we're seeing this too. I'm assuming lots of other people are growing in this capacity, but you guys specifically are growing in what areas? I would say that, you know, as far as our growth over at Turnkey, it's probably, it kind of goes hand in hand with the growth of Amazon. As Amazon changes, you know, sellers and brands, they have to change as well. So that's when bringing on an expert like our team really comes in handy. So as our team grows, we're able to get even more Amazon information than when we were smaller, right? So it's one of those things that as Amazon grows, as the platform grows, as brands grow on Amazon, um, you know, as a team, we grow as well, which is obviously very beneficial. So absolutely. And then that growth is in the ways of obviously different teams and whatnot. Um, what so I guess I guess recapping real quickly uh, for you guys. So you're a full service agency, but you operate in a couple different consulting areas, whether it's education, how to sell on Amazon, brands that maybe are DTC that want to get on Amazon in that capacity. What has been the most surprising, either client onboarding or people asking questions in the last year for 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 you personally? Has it been um, a big time brand that they think they don't they think they understand Amazon, but they truly don't? It, it's just a completely different ball field. What what has been the most surprising conversation that you've had or conversations they've had in the last year? Yeah. And I think you and I touched on it a little bit before you, before we hopped on here, I would say the most surprising thing is a lot of people are still under this impression 
that Amazon is this get, get, you know, get rich quick kind of scheme. And I, I really don't, I think that can, that's further from the truth at this point. You know, I, I think we've had to have a lot of tough conversations with people that you can't just throw a listing up there and expect it to do well. Unfortunately, the way Amazon's going, it's critical to have different things under your disposal. You need to have an audience. You need to have an email list, a Facebook audience, whatever it might be, whatever you're comfortable with, it's critical in order to be successful on Amazon. Now, can you be successful without those things? Possibly. I, at this point, I'm going with possibly because it, it's very hard. You know, it's so competitive on Amazon. There's people coming onto the market every single day. So audiences are probably the most important part of Amazon at this point, in, in our opinion. Um, and I think that's kind of what's been the trend as we kind of close out 2021 is, you know, people have these great ideas and obviously they're suffering with like the supply chain issues we're having and things like that. But as you're going through those supply chain issues, work to get that audience, work to grow a Facebook group or work to have that email list put together uh, because to be successful at Amazon, to launch successfully, that audience is going to matter. Absolutely. Well, a lot of people are looking at um, how do I, again, you take away a lot of the, the different things that for the longest time people would say it used to be really easy to throw it up on and launch new products. Again, I think that specific area has become more of a narrow focus of now it's becoming a little bit more clear on Amazon what they are going to suggest people do. Again, it's either launching within their own programs of uh, Launchpad, um, new brands are coming out, but if their own products, they're rolling out these new things of follow brands on Amazon to be notified of uh, new product launches and whatnot to be for push notifications. It's all kind of controlled by Amazon and in their own ecosystem. So instead of obviously uh, the external search on buy, coupon rebates, so on and so forth, cashback, whatever you want to call it in terms of driving traffic and Amazon calls it manipulation. Again, it's different definition for different people. So let's just call it what Amazon says, manipulation of rank. Is it become more clear that Amazon wants more brands to establish themselves as an entity of, hey, we are XYZ brand, we sell these products. And if we're going to launch new products, it's going to be with paid ads and it's going to be with outside external traffic coming in in appropriate ways through influencers, through social media, Pinterest, you have, so on and so forth. Is that what you're kind of looking at and thinking? Absolutely. I, I would say that Amazon is focusing on the focusing on the brand now. They want people to be aware that yes, obviously you are on Amazon, you are purchasing on Amazon, but you're also purchasing from brands. I'm sure a lot of people have seen this where they're like, oh my gosh, don't don't give Amazon your money. You know, shop small, but. The reality is when you are on Amazon, you are most likely shopping small. You are shopping from smaller brands. You know, smaller brands dominate Amazon, I would Luckily, say. Likely 66% or so, yeah, 70%. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what Amazon's trying to do is get away from that stigma of like, oh, like you're giving money to the machine or whatever it is. But if you give attention to these brands, they're gonna be able to kind of separate from that. And I think that's part of their goal. Uh, but I would say, you know, this is something our team, we've been preaching this for years. You know, you can't just throw an, a product up with no branding, with no consistency. You can't just have random products that don't go together. The brands are going to dominate on Amazon and Amazon is giving people the tools to do it. But again, 
you need to know what those tools are. You need to know what Amazon's giving you and take advantage of it is definitely the key. Right. They're rolling out their own tools and resources. The, the even longer data that helps people understand the search functionality, just like trends in general, very, very helpful. But again, is, is it enough? Is it going to perpetuate and continue to grow in that section? We'll see. I won't speak for Amazon, even though I like to think I do. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, so Q4, um, we're not done yet. As of today, when we're recording, gosh, I look at the calendar, uh, or gosh, I want to say September. God, my mind's in September, everyone. We're in December, December 7th. So 12-7, gosh, was that 20? Well, oh, man, I can't even do math. I'm going to say less than, uh, less than 20 days left until Christmas. So we're on the less than three weeks mark. What have we learned thus far about the Q4 model of e-commerce on Amazon in 2021 compared to 2020 last year? Like, what are the biggest differences that you guys have noticed when running your or operating those brands? Definitely. So uh, I would say Amazon gave a lot of really cool opportunities this year. Uh, I heard you mention Launchpad earlier. Uh, we have a few brands that are associated with them. All I can say is if you can get a part of Launchpad, do it because Launchpad made the biggest difference for our clients that were a part of it. They were able really? to be a part of gift guides. They they were a part of these really awesome opportunities that are totally worth the percentages and things that they have to offer. Um, now, obviously, I know Launchpad fees are always changing, so definitely don't want to speak to that. But I would say Launchpad made a huge difference this quarter for, for our brands that were a part of it. Um, but even if you weren't a part of Amazon or sorry, a part of a Launchpad, there were other opportunities too that were really great. Uh, prime exclusive discounts, those dominated for our clients. The reason why is when you do a prime exclusive discount during things like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and then also Prime Day for those, I mean, I know it's, that's way ahead, but it'll, you know, before you know it, it'll be here probably. But um, you know, when you do prime exclusive discounts during those special times, Amazon will actually give you like a special little box that will say uh, Black Friday deal or Cyber Monday deal. Um, and it gives you it, it's really great in the search results. It's awesome. So for those of you that, you know, kind of want to make a list of, OK, what did I do? What should I do next year? Prime exclusive dis discounts like that's totally the go to. We tested it on a ton of brands and it kicked butt for all of them. So that's one thing I would do. I know a few of our brands, um, they paired a prime exclusive discount with a coupon clipping. That's if you want to be extra, if I'm just being honest, because prime exclusive, for those of you that don't know, it's a strike through pricing. So let's say you want to give um, like $30 off. What it'll do is it'll take your current price, knock $30, $30 off, and then do a strike through pricing. Going to look similar to a more of an MSRP model. Um, right. but it converts so well because it's in the search results. And then again, you have that little box that says black Friday and cyber Monday. And then if you do a coupon clipping on top of that, you have another box saying, you know, like 5% off. Now, a lot of people don't want to give 25% off. So that's okay. I would say go with the prime exclusive discount personally would be my vote. So this would be MSRP strike through it's a retail price. And then the retail price is now becoming a sales price on that mm -hmm. exclusive. Correct. Okay. So it's exactly, almost like yeah. a could yeah, normally manufacturer pricing, it, you see it all the time on uh, on the uh, call now or the 1-800s as seen on TV ads of it used to be this, but it's actually this and you yeah. slash through. And again, bringing it down to a point of be profitable at the end of the day. Do we see, do we honestly, I know you said you have clients to do that. 
Is it is it apparent that that happened a lot this year, or do you think that a lot of brands like held back? And I say that because of inventory fears. I think a lot more people and brands were very they held on to that inventory for dear life, and they were just we're gonna roll with maybe not as much of a discount as we might have in the past, and just really pumping into PPC or maybe pumping into a coupon or a little bit less of a deal that they would normally give just because they don't want to lose out on the inventory, which would, as you already know, torpedo your listing. You can't sell anymore for Q4. It just creates a lot more headaches down the road instead of sales for at this moment in time. Is that where you think you've seen a lot more of? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, even if you have the inventory, a lot of people couldn't send it in, right? Because Amazon had very strict uh, inventory rules this quarter four, which was very unfortunate. So what I would say is we definitely had a few brands that had a shortage of inventory. Just it straight up, they didn't have it. It didn't matter if it was at their warehouse or Amazon's warehouse, they didn't have it. So for those brands, I did see them take more of a conservative approach for what you're talking about, because it's better to stay in stock rather than give this huge deal. Now, other brands that we work with though, they have a backup plan. They have FBM listings. And we always, if, if it's an option, if you have a third-party warehouse, you need to have these FBM listings set up. This is for anybody, any time of year. You should have them set up in case you ever need them, just to turn them on, because that keeps you in stock. Yes, you're probably going to lose some sales because you'll have a longer ship time, but it's better to be in stock than out of stock is kind of how we see it. Now, one thing I will say is we had brands that they did have to switch to FBM because of the inventory situation Amazon is facing. And quite honestly, we didn't see a big dip. And I think the reason why is Amazon, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen it. Um, they're no longer hitting those two day windows like they used to. Like they can do it for some products for sure, but it's no longer a guarantee. Like if you go on Amazon, if you're a prime user, of course, gotta be a prime user. Mm -hmm. But if you're a prime user on Amazon, those two day windows are no longer a guarantee like they used to be. So right. I think that FBM listings are no longer as unattractive to people because yes, you're still going to be slower than Amazon, but you won't be as slow as you used to be, if that makes sense, because Amazon can't guarantee either. So I would say that if, if you're in a situation where you're concerned about inventory, because maybe Amazon can't let you send it in, get that 3PL up and running, get them ready to do FBM because that can pay off for sure. That can keep you alive. That can keep you afloat. And I mean, that's, that's, what's really important, especially during this time of year. Absolutely. Well, and you look at the data and again, across the board, I, I do it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I kind of, it sounds bad. My wife definitely is not listening to this. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak very candidly about this. I use here almost as a test case scenario to see what a lot of people are thinking. And again, it's a, it's in a real time and, and it's very different. You're really close to it. But hearing what she says on a consumer side versus where I'm in on a day-to-day -day basis of, oh man, this inventory won't get there here until after the holidays. I don't trust that Amazon will get it to me in time. The fact that I hear, I don't trust Amazon, like you mentioned, will get it there to, to me in time is incredible to see, just to hear one person say it, but you know it for a fact, like it's the whole, you hear one person say it or one review that says something bad, so there's 10 out there who are thinking the exact same thing. So it's the whole adage of one person's thinking or you hear them say it, maybe there's a lot more people are honestly thinking that. And I think that's what's really made the quote industry as a whole suffer a little bit in this, this time frame because a lot of people think, hey, it won't get to me in time, even though it's a month out, 
um, from Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But honest to goodness, it's just the pricing with shipping delays that people have seen just all of Q4. Um, it, it's just not guaranteed anymore. And then when you Amazon has to list out, hey, this is prime shipping, we'll get it to you on this date, that still can get pushed out by their own ecosystem and it may not be guaranteed or gets pushed off at a USPS and that gets lost or so on and so forth. Um, I, I think a lot of people are looking at the FBM model and saying, well, if it's going to get to me at some point, maybe I don't need it to rush in two days. Maybe if it at least gets to me in a week, that's not still not terrible. It's still pretty good as long as it gets to me. So I, I think that's a fascinating model um, or a point to take. And with FBM too, is there is there any data or any backings that there's been a lot more shopping on that or it's just as the backup, like a lot more people are putting that in place as a, like a parachute, if you will. I would just say overall, there's, there's been an increase in FBM. I, I don't think Amazon presents that data in terms of like how many purchases are coming via FBM versus FBA. Sure. So I don't, I don't have those numbers. Um, all I can say is I, I, you know, obviously I'm witnessing my brands and, you know, we see mm -hmm. they're in tons of different spaces, which is, which always makes it interesting, right? Because, you know, sure. it's not one specific category that's doing this. Like it's kind of all of them. You know, I would say that the the brand I'm specifically thinking about, they didn't take a hit switching to FBM. Like they just kept full speed ahead. People didn't care. And you know, I, I again, price didn't I, change. It was just how it was yeah. shipped. That how it was shipped exactly. Um, that was the only difference. Obviously, we did have to turn off Prime Exclusive when that happened because you're no longer a Prime product, so you can't be Prime Exclusive. So. We just switched to the coupon clipping at that point, um, but I mean, seriously, they didn't—they didn't take a hit. Um, but they are, I would say, a perfect gift, like mm. definitely very giftable item. So, in my opinion, if you know quarter four rolls around next year, we're still in this predicament with Amazon putting on these inventory limits. Just make sure you have three PL set up because, honestly, yep. that's that's better than nothing. And I and I still do stand by. I, I think Amazon's moving slower than they did even this time last year. And you know, I was talking to my team about it. Um, I would say Amazon's shipping issue is way worse this year than last year when we were in the middle of COVID. Uh, obviously, I know we're still dealing with, you know, COVID and everything like that. But I mean, COVID hadn't even been a year. Um, and I, I would say right now they are struggling way more than they did this time last year in terms of ship times and things like that. And that, that just has to do with the supply chain issue. So Right. Well, and that people power, people exiting their businesses, I mean, we've talked extensively on this podcast about, you know, where, where the shortages are. I mean, it seems he actually came out with a really cool in-depth in look at um, just the supply chain in general and how Amazon looks at it in terms of where the shortcomings come for them as a company, but then also how they were projecting out, like, for them as a company selling their own basics brands. For example, manufacturing their own um, their own containers on ships and then selling uh, sending it into the port of Houston instead of through Long Beach or LA, which again, takes on 43, 40% of all of inbound traffic in uh, goods in the entire country. So that, that again, is why it's so congested, but everyone's trying to do the same thing of getting goods and inventory here. Um, they can only run so often and so much, but the people power is also a big hit and what it uh, has an effect on just deliveries and last, uh, I think it's middle mile, uh, what they call it, of the port to just an FBA warehouse. That That's still also a very big concern and tough hurdle to overcome. So things we can't, things we can't control, we can only control like what, what's actually able to be sold. So with that being said, what what's the plan for, again, 
we talk about only a few more weeks left of prime selling time for Q4. How do we take this if I'm a brand owner for the first time going through this and uh, I'm a small, medium-sized business, what are the best ways to start prepping for how I'm going to take this launch and to propel myself and my business to grow into the middle of next year so I can start planning for Q4 for 2022? Yeah. So I would say, you know, as we kind of wind down right now is when you should be thinking quarter one inventory. The reason why is, you know, it sounds crazy, but I mean, we've had multiple shipments that it took a month to get checked in. So I don't want anyone to be in a situation where, you know, they're selling great, they're selling great. And then all of a sudden inventory doesn't get there for January and then you're out of stock. And obviously that hurts rankings and everything like that. Right. So I would say try to get some shipments put together for probably this week is what I would, I would say, try to get that going um, because that is going to matter. You don't want to go out of stock after December because uh, that can kind of lead into, um, you know, you losing what you gained. Right. And that's not what we want. Um, now, as far as, you know, how to take on this year, I, I would say Amazon's got a lot of really cool opportunities that people need to be taken advantage of, even if it's not quarter four. Like, I, I understand, obviously, quarter four, it kind of feels like give the promotion, do the email blast, do all this. This is stuff you should be consistently doing, regardless of if it's quarter four. You're obviously just going to do it on a lesser scale, right? Like, I don't think you guys should be consistently offering 20% off because you're going to get to a point where next quarter for customers are going to be like, that's not even cool. You do that all the time. Right. So what I would say is everything you did for quarter four, do it in quarter one, do it in quarter two, quarter three, because uh, it gets you prepared for quarter four. You're going to have that data that you didn't originally have. So what I mean by that is, you know, you should be emailing your email list consistently to Amazon. Um, now, do you have to do it weekly or anything like that? Absolutely not. Once a, once a month is enough. But when you do it, you should be using your Amazon attribution links, right, to be tracking the data to know, okay, this type of subject line doesn't do as well. So now I'm going to adjust it because that data right there gets you ready for quarter four when this rolls around next year, right? Uh, same thing with Facebook advertising. Let's say that's more your speed than email. That's totally fine. Use Amazon attribution, start getting that data now so that when quarter four rolls around or even better yet, prime day rolls around in July again, you already have this data because you've been doing it all year round, right? That's how you get successful in quarter four is if you've been doing this th these things all year round, quarter four is almost a breeze because you're like, I already know what works for me. I already know what my customers are looking for. Um, so doing those things I think is important. But then <clears throat> I would also say, take advantage of what Amazon has to offer. You mentioned um, that people can now have followers on their Amazon storefront. That's something not a lot of people are paying attention to and, and you <laughs> should be. Uh, the reason why is, you know, if you have um, a certain number of followers, Amazon now gives you an option to do customer engagement. And what customer engagements are, guys, is, okay, so technically Amazon is saying you have to have a thousand followers. I'm telling you right now, I have multiple brands that do not have a thousand followers that somehow got access to this early. So go check right now if you have it. It would be under brands. You, you have to be brand registered. Um, it'd be under brands and you would click on customer engagements. And if it allows you to create a campaign, that means you're eligible. If it says beta, that means you're still not eligible. And we'll talk about how to get eligible in a second. But what I would say is these are completely free emails that you get to send through Amazon 
Obviously, you can't customize them. You have to use Amazon's templates that they give you. They give you, I believe, five different options right now currently that you can adjust and kind of play around with. But what's cool is these emails get sent to your followers, your storefront followers, um, pushing them to purchase your products. Uh, now, they do, the products do have to be less than six months old. But what's cool is if you add a variation, for example, that means that that product is now eligible again. So we added like new colors to a few of our different products. Right. That product that's been around for years is now eligible. So, yeah. So that's kind of oh, something that's cool with customer engagements. But so, so now that you're the first person I've talked to who's had access to what happens after the follow button. And again, I've, I've talked with a lot of different people of that's slowly rolling out. And again, if you pay attention, again, it's more on the customer side of you go into a brand or if you go on the brand register page right next to the brand, the logo, the icon, whatever you want to call it, it says the follow button. And again, it's, it's as simple as, oh yeah, I bought a product from it or I expect to, you know, moving forward. You know, I, I think it's going to be really cool and see what they have, but nothing that I've noticed after following a bunch of different companies has engaged me in terms of what happens after that. So you're, you're saying I can go to, if I have access to this program, what, what type of engagement I can have with the people who follow you. So there's new product availability, email, a templated model. What, what else are we, are we talking about that can be accessed through this? Yeah. So, so in order to get the followers do Amazon posts. That's what it takes. Mm -hmm. I would say do a minimum of three posts a week. I want you guys to think of it as your Instagram. Like literally, if you, you can't think of anything new, just take what you have on Instagram, move it over to Amazon posts. That's what I would do. Now for the followers, like I mentioned, you get customer engagements um, and it will email those customers. Now it's interesting. So you pick a week and I believe it has to be two weeks out at a minimum. So if you were to set it up, this week for to go get sent out it would be sent out the week of christmas actually so that actually might be beneficial I, I, if it's eligible of course um but i think you guys would be able to set up a christmas customer engagement so what that does is you get to pick um an image of that product and then you get to pick from amazon's templates on what you want to say so they had some that were like holiday themed where you could say, you know, add this to your list. Um, it focuses on brands sometimes, like where we'll say, oh, buy from turnkey product management. Here's their gift guide. So there's a few different options specifically for the holidays. But right now you can book these all the way through March. Um, and again, people are going to get them through Amazon. It's going to be completely through there. Um, and essentially, you can watch your followers grow if you go to st uh, store insights is where you would like to want to go. Um, it's not going to send it to all of them, which is interesting. And I don't have an answer for that, why that's happening. But I want to say one of our brands has 700 followers on their store. And I want to say 400 emails were sent. And what, what it'll show you is how many were opened. So it's going to show you an open rate, just like any email uh, marketing. Um, it's going to show you how many views you had, which is more of a detail page view stat. And then it's going to show you purchases. So it'll show you how many purchases came from doing a customer engagement. Um, so, I mean, what's cool about this is it's completely free. You don't pay a single thing to send these emails. So even if you're not getting a purchase, just do it because you're going, you're going to be in front of customers where you wouldn't have been. And perhaps maybe they didn't buy in that moment, 
but maybe they come back and buy. Now, obviously, right. Amazon's always kind of struggled with that type of data when they come back and buy. They don't really give that info. Um, but that's also just something to consider. It's completely free. But again, it comes through like, you know, when you um, back in the day when we did autoresponders. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how this is going to come across as something similar sent from Amazon type of deal. Right. Well, a, a lot of the stuff in the emails that they said, again, very generic, you you would think like, hopefully there's an engagement component of it, but I like the imagery that you can pick and have some sort of customization with it, but to book it out, I think that that, that engagement, again, that uh, brand awareness factor of, hey, don't forget about us, or you might've learned about uh, something different or just simply, oh, that was really cool. I saw that. Let me... Let me poke my head in again and see if you guys are interested in buying right now and, and really and keep that momentum going. So that's really fascinating. I'm, I'm curious how that will continue to have insights for brands moving forward, because that's that's a model I think that Amazon's really trying to push is like, how do we make brand centric storefronts that say this, these are the brands that are from Amazon or Amazon centric um, grown by Amazon or something, something stupid like that. Like it, it can yeah. be a hundred different things um but that capacity it makes them aware that hey shopping can happen just in our platform if it's not on a dc website but people do that all the time of the whole gripe of not having access to an email list or customer list that's the number one consistent factor of why people go off of amazon to build a direct consumer website I have access to my social following my get customer engagement my email list so on and so forth you don't have that when you do it through amazon but this sounds like this is the half step in between of saying, hey, listen, you can still follow up, like people can follow you and you can engage with them, but it's on our terms and under our supervision and guys. So not a huge loss, but also not a huge win either. So it's almost like a, you take what you can get mentality yeah. if you can, interesting. But I mean, one thing I'll say, as Amazon becomes more brand centric, you're going to see people leave Amazon to check you out on Instagram, to check you out on Facebook, because they are making it more about you're buying from a brand. You're not just buying from Amazon, right? So that is, I think, one positive. It's definitely not perfect. Absolutely not. But it is one positive is if you the more brand centric they make it, the more people are likely to go follow you and find you off of Amazon, which is great. Yeah. There you go. Me and myself again, accidentally. Um, so with that being said, that, that's a good program. Again, that's a tip we get to drop here on Crossover Commerce. Is there, when when I engage with that following, again, unlike direct-to-consumer where I can have these follow-up campaigns of any sort of, hey, did you enjoy us for the holiday or gift cards? Did you buy a gift card from us? You can't really do that through Amazon. Well, what's the cadence is that I can maybe either retarget through DSP? What, what am I doing in terms to circle the wagon with people and say, Hey, maybe you didn't purchase anything from us, but don't forget about us in that off chance. Is there is there something where strategy is coming into play of when to re-engage with those potential customers that came to your storefront brand or didn't buy or they did buy and they went off site or came to your website? How are you working with that in conjunction with all the different areas that you are working with brands right now? Definitely. So I you, you already talked about it, DSP. That's definitely the key. So that is something that our team does offer is DSP. This isn't something that just anybody can run. Um, it has to be done through an approved agency. So our team has gone through the training with Amazon um, and we are an agency that's able to offer DSP. Now, what's great about DSP is obviously we saw more traffic. 
all of everyone did because there was more people on Amazon. So you're, you're just naturally going to see more, more traffic uh, during November and December. And I think that's what makes DSP so strong for January and even December, because you're able to create look back windows, obviously depending on your brand. So for example, like let's say you're a supplement and uh, you, your product lasts 30 days. You would want your look back window, depending on if they purchased or not, to be around that 30 day mark, right? Because that's when they're going to need to repurchase and get another one, right? Um, so there's things like that that are at play. But DSP is definitely the really strong way to do look backs, uh, to bring people back to your listing that didn't purchase. You can even steal traffic from your competitors if you want. Um, and again, that's something that only really DSP can offer. Now, you're still not going to have that customer data. You're not going to know who came back and purchased and things like that, but it is able to bring people back, which is obviously really great. Um, and then I would say on top of that, for those of you that have repeat purchase products, DSP is really strong because you can bring people back to subscribe to your product. So there's a lot that can be done with DSP and that's something you can definitely use leverage quarter four to use in quarter one for sure and kind of go all year round with it. So what what would be a, I know that's a big play and a lot of people are talking about that, like obviously with video DSP and whatnot, I think it's a really cool program. Again, Google did something, Google does a similar component of it of, you know, follow the customer with a cookie drop and it's a little bit more different uh, with Amazon clearly, um, but without going specifics, that's that's a great tip and suggestion I think a lot of people take advantage of. The other thing I think that a lot of people are not paying attention to is the whole gift card wave that people are not talking about. And, and this is what I mean by that. There, there's a group of a, a significant growth of people who it's no longer lazy to give gift cards for people when product inventory might be an issue. And I say that because not just on websites, but people just can't get access to a gift or they don't know what to give people, don't know if it's going to get to them on time. So there's actually an influx um, since 2019, I think it's a 300% markup. And at least over last year, it's at least 50% markup of gift cards being purchased now more than ever. So with strategies, knowing that people are giving Amazon gift cards or gift cards to direct consumer websites, so on and so forth, what's the strategy that would be easiest to captivate that money that's going to be attributed to a gift? Is it tied to DSP or is it a whole nother strategy that you would tell brands to implement? I would, I would say that that would be a different strategy from DSP. That's something that maybe the first couple of weeks of January, you send an email to maybe your Amazon specific list that says, have that Amazon gift card. I know how you can use it uh, type of situation. So that's what I would say is it's going to be more of an email tactic rather than a DSP tactic. But one thing I will say, and Amazon kind of announced this a little quietly, so I'm, I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with it, but Right now, um, and it kind of goes with what you were saying, if the inventory is not there, people are able to do a gifting option now. Where I saw that. You, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So what you're able to do, guys, if anyone isn't aware, and actually we have a few of our brands that are going to use this the week of December or the week of Christmas, that if, if Amazon can't get it and you can't get it to them either, both of them can't get it. One option is someone can buy the product and mark it as a gift. And Amazon will say, okay, do you want to send this gift to them? Or do you want us to text them, ask them if they want the gift, 
And if they say no, we won't send them the gift, but we'll give them an Amazon gift card instead for that same amount. So it's super Wait a interesting. Minute. <laughs> okay, are we not Wait talking yeah. about this? No, that we are. I didn't know that was okay. a half step in between to accept it. So so what I've yeah. seen is exactly what you're saying. Ex receiving it would be like a, uh, as if you were receiving an uh, like e-gift card or e-card uh, uh, from like your parents or your grandparents or something like that, that mm -hmm. they send those now and it does like a little song and dance or anything like that. But it's a picture of the product. I had no idea, and this is really funny, that they can reject said gift. No. Yes. Does it does it does it say the pick does it say what the product is beforehand if they accept it or not? Yeah, no, it says what it is. Um, so it's like, it says what the pro So Ryan is gifting Jenna Beats headphones, like um edition one, and but she wants edition two. You're like, nah, I'm good. Like I want I want the gift card. So they have the option instead of the product sale to have that flipped as a gift card instead. That's our understanding of it, yes, because that that's the point is that Amazon doesn't want to send the gift and use their small delivery options right now to give it to people that are just going to turn around and return it. And so okay. I think it's Amazon's way of trying to minimize returns, but then also increase gift cards, like you mentioned, because that should be the option is yes or no, do you want this? And if you don't want it, then I think you can choose or you as the person giving them the gift can choose to give them a gift card instead for that same amount. Okay. So in that, in that capacity, a couple of questions, um, in your, in your like limited knowledge of obviously uh, I say limited because no one really knows how it's going to come through. Yeah. So a couple of different things I can think if someone's going to gift like my brain, if I have like widgets and whatnot, and I want to gift you a widget and that person says, no, thanks. I don't want that widget. And it turns around to a gift card. Is that still considered a product sale? That'd be curious to think that Amazon would think that or not. So in theory, I could essentially almost lose out on a gift or like a mm -hmm. sale in theory with the promise of just a gift card instead. So it would almost be like picking and choosing what gifts you want for Christmas instead of like, oh no, I think they're going to like it and then give it back to them. I see where the half step is. They wouldn't give that person the credit for the sale then obviously right? right no 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 they would not and that's that is the one downside of it it's kind of a gamble but i guess the way of the way i you know i spoke about it with the brands that that are moving forward with it is you're most likely not going to kill it that week anyway because people can't make ship times people aren't going to purchase your product so this gives you a shot is how i see it because you most likely are not going to have a ton of people purchasing can't make it there before christmas so this gives you an opportunity to still give a gift, give your product as a gift when it wouldn't have even been an option before is kind of how I see it. So there obviously is the downside of potentially it turning into a gift card or someone saying no. Um, but it, from my understanding, it would count as a sale. They would move it to reserved until that person says yes or no. And then if they say no, it just goes back to your inventory. That's my yeah, that understanding. Can, that can create a lot of logistical nightmares because if you're running on limited inventory and you have a hundred units that are reserved as a gift, just to think that how do you continue to move forward with sales? And I mean, again, this is this is the nerd in you and I that we are going to be talking through, like in these dark, potentially not even happening scenarios of what if this happens? Of if you have a hundred things that are geared as gifts and you reserve the inventory and you're running low on inventory, Amazon can suppress those listings because 100 units are, you know, in the in the time that you might be getting inventory there, there could be a window where 100 units are on reserve as gifts. 
and then you're close to running out, they're going to suppress your listing because it's not valuable anymore for Amazon to promote it towards the top. So again, there's that half step of what happens if inventory is being reserved as gifts. It's kind of a sale, but not really a sale. It's like a half sale. Then Amazon, how, what, what do they do with that in that interim? So jokes on you, Amazon, like, what are you going to do with that? Like, are you going to continue to or like suppress? Or are you going to promote exactly however you are? And that's hot. That's hard as a logistical person too, right? Of how much inventory do we truly have? Like, will they reserve it in a different like line item or how, how does that? I don't think so. Play out? I don't, okay. I think it'll just be reserved as a sale until it's, not, it's just like a pending sale until it's complete. Yeah. I think oh. it's one of the, we haven't implemented this yet, right? Because our, our thought is, is it's a week of Christmas strategy is kind of how we're thinking of it. But that is a good mm. point. You know, what would that do if it's moved into reserve? So that is something that people should be considering when, if they implement the strategy, of course. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a wild card, I would say, right? Because also we just spoke about, you know, what if they do turn down the gift and they switch it to an Amazon gift card? You know, because it's, it's it, a transaction it's, that's happened by consumer one, like consumer two, it's on them. So in theory, even if they didn't look at it or it's delayed, they're like, don't deliver until Christmas or something stupid. Again, I, it's not stupid. I'm just thinking in terms of context of if you wanted there and then give it as a Christmas gift, like if grandma's trying to give Johnny a, a potential call it, again, beats headphones and Johnny received Beats headphones and you don't want two of the same gift, you're going to turn down grandma's probably because you received that digitally in one hand. Someone give it on a physical side. On, he has it in hand, so you're going to return it anyways. So if it's from different vendors or a wholesaler or third party, again, who do you keep and who do you, who you turn back? And then afterwards, it almost feels like that could be a, not a nightmare scenario, but that'd be a different accounting scenario that could cause problems again i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just like what, what's going to happen in that regards if it happens after christmas those post sales of thought i did a million dollar in sales maybe it's now eight hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in sales nothing yeah. like too dramatic but i mean on the flip side though you're already kind of gearing up for that situation because you True. know they already extended you know if you bought two months october now first so it's october 1st so that's when october it started 1st. and then you can return anything after October 1st through January 31st. So you're yeah, already the month in a situation after, yeah. where, yeah. So you're, so you're already in the situation where technically someone could have bought your product in October and could still return it. So I, it's tough. I, you know, um, yeah, returns are a nightmare in January, right? Everybody knows that. So, <laughs> it's awful. you know, it's one yeah. of those things that I wonder, I think Amazon's doing it with the thought being they want to try to minimize returns to kind of leave it in the hands of the person that's receiving the gift. Now, well, that's again, the thing here. Yeah, Amazon's not I, on the hook on this. Like, no, Amazon's scot-free. Amazon's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, they, they can take a gift card. We know the value is still there. We still are taking a sale. And th this is the thing. It's Amazon comes first, seller comes second in this capacity, um, and receiver is up there too. That that They're not on the hook for anything. It, the money is in their pocket. They can just convert it however they want, whether it's shipping mm -hmm. item or if it's not. If it's shipping item, that's hitting that email box of, I'm assuming the cadence is, all right, we'll send you to your like email address. What email address do you want to send to? And then you just right. fill it out or whatever um, in that capacity. And then for the seller, they, they were dealing with a lost sale. It's just inventory or money that's going to something else. Again, not the intent. It's just providing another fork in the road where theoretically could lead down to a sale, but not really, or could potentially yeah. not. So 
fascinating stuff. I'm going to have to do, do a deep dive. And I didn't know that was an acceptable thing. It's like, here, let me, do you want me to send you the YouTube video that walks yeah, through? I can put it in the please comments. Do. Yeah, please do. Yeah. For people who are listening to this, yeah. Check out the comments um, yeah. in the comment section with the YouTube video that we're discussing today. And we'll also post this on um, resources too for the audio version. If you're listening to this as well, again, Super fascinating stuff that Amazon's always rolling out. I did see this and I thought in legit, I'm pretty sure in the in the example they gave is like a Beats headphone set. It was like mm -hmm. grandma sent you this item and it tells you what it is. I didn't know that mm -hmm. half step of receive it or not or keep it or not was an option. Right. That just that just changed Christmas for me in in many different ways of man, if I had that option for a lot of like for a lot of different external entities, I would just opt for the gift card for other people giving me a gift. But on yeah. digital, like for entrepreneurs' sake, we don't want to do that. Like we want that sale to be complete. So that Super will true. definitely, have, yeah, for sure. Well, in the comment section, so you put that in. Uh, we'll we'll make sure and yeah. uh, post that um, for mm -hmm. sure, and we'll we'll take a look at it. So, Jenna, in the last couple of minutes I have with you, yeah, what do, what does the agency? What what are you and the team looking for in 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 uh, Q one for next year? Like, what, what's that? that plan, that roadmap, what's important to you and your team for growth? Is it onboarding new clients? Is it to, you're going to take on a different sector of e-commerce? What is like, if you're not just Amazon, but we're going to Walmart, so on and so forth, what are those future plans for you and the team? Yeah, I mean, definitely want to grow with more clients, obviously with Amazon specifically. Uh, at this time, we're not really looking towards growing with Walmart. Um, at this time, though, that can obviously change. One thing I think our team wants to focus in on for 2022 specifically is, um, you know, obviously Amazon is definitely now more reliant on external traffic than they were before. So that's something our team is definitely interested in expanding on is offering things like Facebook advertising, Google advertising, just because those types of things are now very important um, than they didn't used to be, right? So I would say that, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say that that's probably one sector that we do want to eventually expand into. And I can see that definitely coming in 2022 with Facebook advertising, Google advertising, things like that. Cool. What about, um, is there any sort of hesit hesitancy in terms of like, iOS updates or anything like that in terms of attribution. I know you guys are big data people. Is that is that coming down or is that change for you guys how you attribute um, different outside technologies on mobile or anything like that? Has that been a thought process or is that a concern for you guys? No. In terms of like the privacy point. or cookie or following for DSP or anything like uh, that. Uh, not at this point. Not 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 something we're too concerned about. Um, I guess, you know, as we grow, obviously, with Facebook advertising and Google advertising, that's obviously when it will become a bit more of a concern. Um, I would say at this point, no. I mean, um, Wait one and see thing we're definitely, yeah, <laughs> you know, one, one thing I think that we definitely want to expand on a bit more is with our DSP clients, adding that pixel to the website. Uh, because that's one thing you are able to do with DSP is add the pixel to your website to gain that data there. Um, but as far as, you know, the privacy situation and things like that, that's not something we're too worried about at this point. Gotcha. And finally, are you, for, for direct-to-consumer clients, if they have their own website, are you telling people to point them to make the purchase on Amazon? What, what's that strategy? I'm curious for you guys 
that you tell people? Uh, well, there's like a, there's always consistent, like, Hey, make the purchase on your website or just send them to Amazon. It's always a heated battle. What do you guys suggest people do? Just curious. What I, you know, it's, it's definitely tough, right? Because I get the benefit. There is a strong benefit of sending it to your website for so many different re reasons, right? You get that information on the, the customer. Um, you know, obviously there aren't as many fees involved if you're doing it through Shopify. So there's a lot of benefits to doing it through your website. Um, I would say that our answer is very different for every single brand, right? We have tons of brands that we work with that have a very strong Shopify website that are in a place where they've already gained the trust of the customer um, and they're able to have a strong Shopify website. But there's a lot of brands out there that they're newer to the scene. They might not have as strong of a social media following. So you're not going to have as much trust. So what I would say is if you're in a situation where perhaps your Shopify and your social media isn't brought up or it's not where it needs to be from a trust factor, majority of your traffic probably should be going to Amazon because the reality of the situation is I'm sure all of us listening here are at least a very good chunk, probably have the prime membership, probably have their credit card already plugged into Amazon, probably have their address, their parents' address, their boyfriend's address or whatever plugged in um, and everything is there. And it's very easy to purchase from Amazon. You can do it right from your phone. You can just do the touch ID to log into your, you know, there, there's so, that's the draw of Amazon is that trust factor. Everyone knows Amazon, everyone trusts them. That's why there is a benefit. So what I would say, if you're in a situation where maybe you are built up, you have a good Shopify website, you have great reviews on there, you have a great, um, you know, social media following. If you're in that place, most of your traffic probably should go, be going to Shopify, but you definitely want to reserve a place that you do send traffic to Amazon because at this point with Amazon's A10 algorithm, it's critical to send external traffic because that's how you rank now, right? Um, I don't know if everyone's aware, but, you know, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, what was it? There, you know, there's a, there's a rebate company that got in very serious trouble with Amazon. So the days of the whole rebate process of, you know, sell this many units and get ranked on page one, I do see that phasing out even more than it already kind of, I know it kind of already was on the phasing out process, but even more so, right? So what I would say is you need to be sending at least some, like 10%. And for each for each brand, we will come up with a custom thought process. So one brand that we work with, really great example, um, they will try to bring someone back to their website two times. And if both times fail, the last attempt is send them to Amazon to make the purchase. Because the way... The way you should think about it is obviously, yes, I want them on my website, but it's better to have that customer on Amazon than not have them at all. So that should kind of be the mindset of, you know, at least get the customer. So if you're in a place, again, your Shopify is super strong, I think that's a solid approach. Another one I would say is, um, you know, creating specific Facebook audiences for Amazon is really great. Keep those customers on Amazon because in, in my opinion, if they're already on Amazon, just keep them there. There isn't a reason to try to switch them because they're already trust Amazon. They're already there with you, especially if you're a subscription product, keep them there is kind of how we see it. So I would say it's definitely a custom answer, but that's kind of the high level. Well, and Amazon does its power to also do that and it's built into like, hey, buy this gift again or buy this item again um, from a specific buyer. So it's already built in. So they, I mean, they want to keep their customer too and make the purchase on that website. So. All, all great answers. And again, learning 
as always, a lot of different things from you guys too. But you, you really shot. I'm gonna have to do that deep dive in that YouTube video for sure, um, and, and think and put my own thoughts out there. Of this is great, this is fantastic. But wait a minute, there's more. So, uh, that being said, Jenna, what what's the best way that I know we're at the top of the hour? So, what are the best ways that people like what they hear? They want to work with you. They want to ask questions. I know you guys are on all sort of like consulting and um, maybe want to you know go over something we talked about today. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, so the best way to reach out to our team would be to go to turnkeyproductmanagement.com. And what I would go ahead and do is click the Let's Chat option, which will be in the right-hand corner. Um, and that'll get you in, um, in touch with one of our client service, uh, or sorry, our client success managers. And they'll find the best situation for you. So, I mean, like I spoke about throughout the call, we obviously offer full service management. That's when we do everything for you. The PPC, the DSP, uh, the marketing side for the listing, getting you involved with all the deals like Lightning deals, seven-day deals. That's all done on the full service side of things. But we offer so much more than that. We also have PPC and DSP specifically. That's just PPC and DSP. Um, we also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you don't want to, or if you if you don't have you know the margins right now to bring on a PPC person, we also just offer coaching where we can coach you on those specific areas. You want, you want to talk about lightning deals? Let's talk about that. You want to talk about getting your listings up and running? Let's talk about that. So we're able to kind of meet you where you're at based on, you know, if you're, maybe you're a really, really strong seller, but you kind of want to stay up, up to date with what's going on on Amazon. You can always bring coaching on just to talk about those different things. So coaching really is for everybody. Um, and then again, PPC, DSP, full service. Those are also options as well, just depending on where you're at in your business. So Love that. Well, thank you so much, obviously for hopping on today. I know it's, uh, we broke it. I, it seems like you were an offer six months for, being a guest on any sort of podcast. So if you, if that was a uh, shaking off the rest, I can't wait to see if you're on consistently with somebody else, but Hey, thanks so much for hopping on today and uh, just giving a little bit more insight into Q4 and growing uh, with turnkey and just helping our listeners out and helping their business moving forward. So great success for you guys and your team as you, we finish out this year and look to 2022. It's going to be exciting for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, definitely had fun. Awesome. Thanks, Jenna, of course. And thank you, everyone else, for hopping on Crossover Commerce. Uh, this is episode 193. Again, we're trucking along. And again, there's going to be lots of different great content every single day this week. So tomorrow, just want to give a quick shout out to um, our friends over at Take Metrics, who we're going to have on tomorrow. We're going to be talking about 2022 Amazon e-commerce conferences tomorrow with good friend Liz over there. So that being said, she's going to hop on. Um, thank you again to Jenna and uh, turnkey product management for everyone over there for hopping on crossover commerce. If you have questions, again, this was a live segment, but if you have questions, go ahead and connect with Jenna and her team over there, or you can just comment on the social posts as well. We'll make sure we get you connected to them there. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is crossover commerce. Again, episode 193. We'll make sure we catch you guys next time on another episode in my corner of the internet. Make sure you take care.